Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Uh, Mark? Where are we? Oh, we're on the satellite of Spike. For this month, it's where we're going to review all the worst sci-fi films that I'm probably going to end up loving. Why would we need to be in a special satellite for that? We've watched a lot of movies without the satellite, and we don't have the military kind of defense budget for this. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Bad movies, you got that right. The worst of it being, don't you dare, don't you dare say that word. Progeny. <laughs> I thought we agreed to never speak that name. No, we didn't. But you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, I would think so. But you still haven't answered the question. What question? Why are we on this satellite? Oh, right. Well, so anyway, for this month, we're reviewing reviews, sort of. You're confusing me. Oh, okay. Well, then we're watching some of the best of MS3K. Um, what, 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 Alon? Uh, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000. The show where some guy and two robots watch a bunch of movies and riff on them. Kind of makes them better. Ah, uh, that kind of explains why you called it Jokes June. Right, right. I thought I'd give you guys a break this month. We had a break last month. Yeah, we were gone all last month. Uh, yeah. Uh, but now you're back and we can have a laugh mixed with the cringe. Sounds good. But why the satellite? Oh, right. That question. Well, anyway, we couldn't get onto the satellite of love from the show. I guess they decommissioned it or something. Anyway, so I got us here. The name seemed more fitting anyway. I, I guess that makes some sense. But the real question now being, so what are we watching first? Oh, one of my fave episodes, Space Mutiny, starring Reb Brown. Who the p is Reb Brown? Oh, he's a 70s and 80s action B star that never quite made it. But to those who knew him, he was famous for screaming, shooting, screaming and shooting, and making awkward love on camera. You're really not selling this movie for me. But at least we, we have the Mystery Science guys reviewing it with us. Exactly. What is that? Oh, better get used to that. It means it's time for the movie. Sci-fi melody. Stop. Hold on. Hold on. Can somebody turn this stupid alarm off? Thank you. Now you can continue with the episode. Sci-fi melody. Symptom 243. Space mutiny. And the many names of David Ryder. Welcome back, sickies, to our next month, Jokester June. And we are rejoined, the three of us, back together. Thomas and Scott are back in, well, we're not in studio, but we're in the satellite of spite. It's nice to talk to you guys again. That's right. Rage Master's effort to boot us out of the show and take over for himself. The last vestiges of creative control left on sci-fi melody has failed. Thomas and I are back. 
his mutiny I, failed. <laughs> actually, it wasn't really a mutiny as much as it was uh, you handed the keys over to me. One of you bought a house and one of you had a kid. So um, I'd say you kind of relinquished control for the month. I've heard the show was better than ever. I wasn't stepping all <laughs> over everything Rage Master said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this much. It was really great to have Ethan fill in for you guys. He and I had a great run of episodes about Kaiju, and I can't wait to have him back on the next time, especially for next Monster Mayhem. So, Ethan, you're listening. Thank you so much again for filling in. It was a blast having you. And as always, you are allowed to join whenever. Yeah, he's the fifth Beatle. Didn't we give him that? Um... He is that title. He is yeah. that distinction. So, uh, with that in mind, Ethan... Or any other sickie, I guess. We are doing Jokester June, which um, I'll admit, I'm going to be honest and forthright, the title came from Ruck. Ruck actually gets credit for this. Yes, sickies, you heard that right. I came up with the month this month. <laughs> I am slowly taking over sci-fi malady. <laughs> Does anyone have a Ricola? Uh, now, I tweaked what we wound up reviewing, but Taruk gets the favor on this one, so... But I've always thought about reviewing MS3K episodes, which seems kind of funny because it's like a review show reviewing a review show. I'm not going to lie. I'm slightly confused if I'm supposed to be reviewing the MS3K stuff today or the movie or both. I, I, both. I don't know. We're gonna do. We're going to do both. And don't worry. I got a structure here, as always. So we're going we're gonna to do both here. But... Uh, we're going to lean more heavily into the MS3K stuff. So we're going to be... Good, uh, because the film sucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought Dolph Pliskin MacGyver was fantastic. <laughs> you mean I, I Red loved, Brown? Yes. Yeah, I, and I loved watching, you know, uh, Star Wars mixed with... I, I don't even know... Well, actually, obviously... Galactica, though, but <laughs> yes, yes, that Stole, is stolen that is, footage there. That, oh my god, yeah. And in fact, um, you know, I'll just get into the plot, and then the, you already started the fun facts. So let me just careen the plot here. In the future, blah 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 blah. There's a ship called the Sunscreen. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I love Southern it. Sun. Southern Sun, whatever. Sunscreen sounds better. It does. (laughs) Southern Sun, and it's supposed to be looking for a planet, so put all the overpopulated Earthlings on, and it starts off with Red Brown's character, David Ryder, trying to protect some professor from space pirates, but they all crash land into the ship, and some guys... Space aliens, don't forget the space chicks. Space chicks, yeah. And, uh... Corgon or Corgate or Colgate. What was Calgon? Isn't isn't Calgon the same name as a cleaner, by the way? Is it? I swear it is. It's it's very similarly similarly to a cleaner, but Calgon Calgon cleaners will clean up your mess. (laughs) I forget what kind of anyway. Um 
But Calgon is the head of the enforcer division and him and an engineer captain decide they're going to take, take over the ship so that they can, I don't know, stop living in space. Their plot really doesn't get much detailed in that. And it's stopped by David Ryder, who was a pilot that just happened to crash land on the ship. Well, also the plot doesn't get much past. We are sabotaging the ship. Why? Because because we're sick of being in space, so you're gonna destroy the ship. Not, yeah, not following. Like, are you at no point where they like? There's a life worthy planet over there. Why don't we go there? What they don't want to land because it's not the one we originally picked. Sabotage? No, they don't even get that far. It's just we needed an excuse for for Punch McBenchpress to fall in love with his mother. I mean, Santa Claus's <laughs> daughter. Basically, <laughs> so now that we know the plot, let's. I'm going to get into the fun facts, which uh, I'm going to cover fun facts about not only the film but MS3K. And let's start with the film, um, which really, Thomas, you already said it. The, the first funniest one, the space attack footage. At the beginning, you see it, and you're like, "Man, this is pretty good for 1988." And it. Wait a minute. That's a Cylon attack fighter, and that's a that's a colonial viper. They ripped off Battlestar Galactica. And then you well, actually, before you even see the Vipers, you see the whole Galactica itself. Yes. It's like, like there's Galactica. What? Okay. Maybe like, maybe that's you know, maybe they'll just use Galactica. Nope. Those are Cylon fighters. I, oh I, no, those are Raptors. It's like uh Vipers, I think sorry. My brain shut down the recognition of Galactica because it didn't want to accept that. <laughs> I just wanted to give them credit. But then when I saw the Vipers and the Cylons show up, it's like, nope, that's hey, exactly what you saw. Hey, at least you didn't end up seeing Adama and Starbuck make an appearance. <laughs> no, we saw Santa Claus make an appearance. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, along were- with the walking corpse, apparently. If it weren't already obvious, most of the film was created in a factory warehouse, <laughs> which had no. very large, which had very large windows with daylight streaming through in space. <laughs> so the cinematographer, doing the best he could, I guess, used color filters to give the sunlight an orange-red look, and then had the actor David Winters insert a line about explaining how they were actually part of the Southern Sun's engine and reactor system, which claimed, but, you know, it worked. Unfortunately, the editors and processing lab guys mistakenly corrected the sunlight back to its original color, and the replacement director <laughs> never added the explanation in the script, so basically we had sunlight streaming through a window. So whatever effort the original director had to Blot that out. Got removed. Well, I, I I understand and I like that he tried, but again, this movie isn't exactly what I'd call rocket science. Did they? Did well, they try? Uh, you know, I originally thought that this movie might have been made in like 1973, and nope, when I realized that it was made in 1988, I just I. The first Terminator came out in 88, I believe. The stuff that was coming out in 88 was light years better than this. 
There is yes. zero excuse for this unless your budget was what you had from knocking off a Salvation Army kettle right before Christmas, <laughs> and that's what you could make the entire film with, including yeah. the Santa Claus who was running the Salvation Army kettle. Well, don't forget, you also had, like, bumper cars, and I'm sorry, but these costumes made... Oh, oh no, that's... We're going to get into the costumes. Uh, to, to show, aside from budgetary issues, they also had director issues. For example, David Winters, the first director, dropped out at early in filming because of a, a family problem. Uh, and the I'm next doing your quotes. Family problem. <laughs> As a, in, rel- a, a close relative died. I'll give him that. But then, of embarrassment when they found out he was directing this film. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he just used it as an excuse. I would have. <laughs> then the next director, Neil Sundstrom, who directed most of the film, was not pleased with the end result, blaming a lack of care and attention in pre-production, and refused to be credited as anything more than a co-director. The original director saw the product and was un- unhappy with it, and it attempted to have his name replaced with the third director, Alan Smithy. But the contract wouldn't allow it, so he gets the credit for this crap show. Couldn't they just put their I hate this pen name on there? Most writers and directors have a name that they use when they're telling the world, I hate I, this crap. I, I guess he wasn't that clever. Uh, Scott or Thomas, you mentioned the clothing. This is going to be your Star Trek reference, Scott. The purple and silver white costume, seen mostly in the dance club, were used uh. as waitress costume in Star Trek 3. <laughs> and they also you also used as Jillian Taylor's costume at the end of Star Trek Four. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I hear it now. Yeah, I see it now. I do absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Now the question is, who wore but a? <laughs> oh. well, wait, 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 wait. So basically, they filmed this with a budget of like $300 and what they found in the trash can of a Paramount backlot. Yes. <laughs> More or less, yes. They found Admiral Kirk's uniform from the motion picture there somewhere too, probably. And uh, I'm surprised they didn't use Bones' uh, leisure suit from motion picture when they beamed him aboard the first time. <laughs> Disco McCoy. <laughs> Disco McCoy, that's it. <laughs> but um, what what World War II film did they raid? Because I can't figure <laughs> out for the life of me why the good guys are wearing um that insignia on their chest. You mean yeah, it very kind of World look, War II bad guy signature. They're clearly yeah. wearing the Waffen SS signature badge on or their it's chest. Close enough. Well, it, I'm or, sorry or that, a bad artist's interpretation of it, but you can't think of anything else that they could got, possibly be. I don't care how far in the future it gets. You can't get away. That was too close to the Waffen SS, so I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, was it a subtle way to say they're really the bad guys? It. I, I'm willing to bet it was a mistake on their part, given the lack of attention they had. David Winters is making an argument. 
that Santa Claus and the commercialization of Christmas is part of a globalist conspiracy to destroy Christianity. Nation, you've got to look for this. They're giving you the signs. He told you in this movie exactly what's going on. It led you right to it that the new Nazis are the globalists commercializing and killing Christmas. Yeah. Good try. Yeah. So, um, last Come on, man. note. That's an Alex Jones rant out of that nowhere. Is an Alex Even if Jones it's not rant. the funniest well, yeah, thing I've it, ever especially, done. <laughs> especially for having a month off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm hearing it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was good. It was it just bombed. not your best. That's all. It was just wasn't your best. We put you fun. tried though. So I mean, I mean, it, they can't all be winners. They can't. They can't all be milk cartons, bacon. I'm getting the Bart okay? Simpson. At least you tried cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it. 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 They can't all be bl- trace amounts of blueberries and comets and milk cartons making gay frogs okay mm. but um the sequences with the benny jesseret i'm sorry balerians were oh. added in post productions after the initial cut of the movie came in too short and uh the first two directors wanted to come back to direct the sequences so david a Pryor was hired to direct them instead or rather they didn't want to do it so yeah imagine why <laughs> yeah so yeah um this was actually now we're going to get into the facts about the ms3k episode this was either number two or three most famous ms3k episode most beloved ms3k yeah, because episode you had beefcake oh well, among the well it, you know that's one of them um the dave rider gag with all the names it was developed from another movie tw- uh 12 to the moon and then Rocket Ship XM, where Hugh O'Brien is spontaneously described as Dirk Squarejaw, and they just decided, <laughs> well, it worked in that movie, so let's just keep going. Yeah. Um, also, you have, you know, I mean, come on, how can you not love this, how bad it is? I mean, it is a terrible film that it's like, I couldn't watch this film without rip, them ripping on it. And mm-hmm. most of it is perfectly timed where it's just like, it is so good. Well, and, and that's it really that they, they watch these things and they write the script out. So they're prepared, but oh, they're, yeah. so it, it, what they come up with is just comic gold, which I think, you know, that that's was the only fun fact I had for the MS3K episode, but what makes this so beloved? And I think that just brings us straight to the rips and picks. And I'm calling this one rips on film, uh, picks on riffs, meaning what part of the films do you want to rip and which riffs do you want to pick? And um, I I got one right away. Okay. Go for it. The nightclub scene. Now, is this a rip? It's both. Well, it should be because, dear God, I mean, the, the hula, hoop, hula hoop dancing. <laughs> yes, l- let me put it this way. I, the entire scene in that nightclub, A, is terrible. Yeah. It is, in the film itself, is awful. But the riffs are amazing because it's the only thing that makes that part bearable because it's just like, what? What? Are they? Well, what? She's like 
doing a hula hoop and bending over to attract him and you're just like this isn't attractive at all <laughs> there's, no, there's no subtlety to this whatsoever <laughs> no the also, only way to make it less subtle would be to have the guy on the airplane landing strip with the two like lighted things just guiding him towards her <laughs> yeah you know what makes it even worse is the other rip and favorite part that i have which is the scene that like comes right before this when what they was first that? meet in the botanical gardens. Oh, yeah. Literally, there's like has to be an entire chapter that they skipped in the script because it literally goes from I hate you at two. Okay, we're friends. I, th and, yeah, and it I hate straight, you. Straight no, from I that think... to I'm going to want to have sex with you. What? No. Act one. <laughs> Female lead and male lead hate each other. Storm offset. Act two. Female lead is in love with male lead and is trying to get him to um be interested her in her botanical bedroom. <laughs> uh, but why? Because Act Two says it happened. Yeah, it's yeah. in the script. Don't ask questions. Yeah, I'm telling you, it, it doesn't help that literally those are next to each other. It literally starts from just walk in. How dare you? You're a terrible person. Two. You're nice. You know, yes, watching I'm you. I like you. And then jumps to nightclub scene with that makes no sense. Watching what? you bomb out all those bench press reps over there. I've now decided that you weren't a coward for letting Professor Spooner die. You know what's funny about this too, Scott? And, and I don't mean to, to trigger a gag reflex here, but when she was doing her little dance there, tell me you didn't get a Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek V. I almost made the reference. <laughs> I mean, it, it was there. It brings it me to there. one of my two favorite, my two favorite <laughs> MS3K um, rips. First is pantyhose <laughs> this, itch. This is my daughter. This is my <laughs> daughter. We're about the same age now. In all reality, <laughs> here's the thing: that actor was like 68 years old at the time of this movie. The actress was born in 1955. So she was 33 years old. She just yep. looked like she was going on 57. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. was married and she was married to the lead, Reb Brown. Oh. Really? Seriously. <laughs> so we got nepotism so, in this crap show too. <laughs> well, it was a crap show, so what difference would it make? Also, that's even almost worse because the on-screen chemistry was non-existent. And especially well, in the course. love making scenes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's <laughs> I told you I told you that act that actor oh. has a lot of awkward love making scenes. You should see the movie called No. No You should see no, the movie no. called No you don't even know what movie I'm talking about. The movie called Literally, it's just a bunch of asses because it's about cobras attacking people. Oh my <laughs> No. I, oh, it's literally called. S anyway, um, Dolph Pliska ego probably played ooh. a very good role in that one. Yeah, here's another he, good, good. Oh, scene. he dies early on in the movie. A cobra attacks him after he makes yeah. awkward love and takes a shower, and the, oh. someone drops a cobra into the shower oh. and bites him, and he's dead. Oh, good. Okay, I got another one. Here's a great, great whiff. All right. Literally walking past the dead girl. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that was great. They kept her on the bridge, and they were even making fun of her. Hey, they gave her another chance. Hey, thanks for giving her a second chance. And then she disappears. Everybody yeah, look oh. alive. Oh. <laughs> oh, crap. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. My favorite that- one, and I don't know why, but my favorite one was... Hand me my warrior moo moo. I started laughing. I could not stop laughing at the TV. It's just like there's only one man with the combat. Just go, hand me my warrior moo moo. And, and to dovetail to that is at the beginning when they're I'm checking still dying. the when they're checking the explosion. He's like, I've got I've got several. But when they're checking the explosion and the Santa Claus guy looks over and goes. I don't know if this helps, but ho, ho, ho. (laughs) He said something like, I have several small creatures in my beard. (laughs) Yes. Or or the the Christmas reference when they're talking about, like, the ships are crashing. Oh, but what about the children and the presents? (laughs) (laughs) Christmas came to Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, what about when uh, the uh, Bessie Genuits or whatever showed up? Oh, Oh. It's, basically, it's basically over no, with no. Mrs. Kringle and I. Yeah, we have understanding. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> left a cookie really? out for Santa. Oh, yeah, and then <laughs> what about... Oh, Christmas oh, oh, came oh, early oh. for Santa this year. Oh. oh. <laughs> Speaking Dude. of the, the Valerians... The Valerians. <laughs> Bal- Valerians, who are okay. Essentially, yeah, who are essentially Benny Gesserit. They have the in a leotard. (laughs) They have the worst requirement to power up their telepathy ever. It requires synchronized interpretive dance. Oh, (laughs) to the little crystal ball things. Yeah, it's. I mean, we have to. We have to touch this like um, lightning globe ball that I bought at Spencer's. And then I have to do some interpretive dance for about five minutes before I can communicate. They made a Spencer's reference, too. Yeah, a crystal ball would be butter. This one's stupider where you just like, it's it's just a lightning ball. What the? I'm going to be honest. I missed the Spencer's reference with the baby crying. It kind of drowned out some parts of it. Oh, okay. That's true. But when there's the crystal ball at the beginning first shows up and they're using it, it's like, Magic Crystal Ball brought to you by Spencer's. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I'm gonna just go through a few here that um, and the credits they show that Deb person. Deb, could you Athothia produce for me? Thanks. <laughs> Beefcake orange cake pants. <laughs> oh, we're gonna go. That's one of the points today. Your favorite names, but that let's just mention worth mentioning all the names of David Ryder. But we'll get to that. Uh, I wish you would have told me. I would have actually written them all down. Oh, I sent a link, though. I sent I'm going to be honest. Off, I though. forgot to do my homework assignment. <laughs> I <Aww>. suck. <laughs> or or what, when, they, when they first show the engineering section and they're like, God, the spaceship has a big basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. I, I will give it to Mystery Science Theater. They are amazing at riffing. Oh, some of the best. Riffing into them because they can... Again, I get it. They've watched these films probably multiple times, written down stuff, figured it out. I get it. It's not off the top of their head, but it's still amazing that anyone can come, A, watch this stuff, and then come up with all this material that work. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, another rip, which is also a fave, uh, uh, pick riff would be the, uh, oh, what do they call the enforcer drones, the bumper cars? Oh, oh my God. First time, the first time, you, <laughs> the first time you see them, the one guy's like, Hey, I got my dad's enforcer for the weekend. Hey, can you get me out of here? I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but and just the way they fight with them there in fact oh 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 i thought of this one that when you see you the, the first s- the slow moving you could walk faster than yes this? that were you know what it, here's the thing though that killed me it reminded me of the book of boba fett because in episode three or four of the book of boba fett there is a speeder chase in mos espa with the and droid mods who are chasing him and it goes so slow that literally I could drive 20 miles an hour and probably still lap them. It was the <laughs> slowest chase scene ever. Except this, for this. This rivaled it. This really rivaled it because there was, there was more swerving and bumping into each other. There was more action somehow. It's like, wow, the space mutiny outdid the Book of Boba Fett. You know yeah, that in someone's um, you know that in someone's uh, so. storyboarding, it was a uh, they drew this enforcer up to be something wickedly cool and intimidating and fast, and then someone's yeah. like, "All right, how do we make this? We're low on funds. There's nothing in the Paramount backlot trash that does this." All the right. factory has the factory has a couple street uh, sweepers. We'll use those quickly. Jugga Lake is closed for the winter. Let's see if we can get into the bumper car house yeah. and steal two bumper cars. <laughs> pretty much. I'm, but I'm pretty sure these are actually just like floor sweepers. No, I think and, they're right on that. I agree with you. <laughs> but still, I'm like, seriously, you take floor sweepers and try to... It's like, uh, oh. You that- could have taken anything and probably make it look better than... I love it when he said you can get an extra three miles an hour out of these puppies if you switch it off of shag mode. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hey, we can't go any faster. We got. We'll have to lose the brush. I'm like, how about that running gag where they keep going? Did you sign Sherry's birthday card? (laughs) Sign Sherry's birthday card. (laughs) And they kill that guy. You didn't sign Sherry's birthday card. Oh, how about the entire time where they're just make, making the uh, bad guys out as bully, school bullies? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, how literally these guys can't seem to m- pronounce anything correctly. You stay behind and make weapons. <laughs> what? It's a weapon. <laughs> weapon. <laughs> when, when the guy's coming down the stairs and the... Um, Chlorgo, what's his name, Scott? Why can't I remember? Clagon, 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 Corgan shoots the guy coming down the stairs, and their ants, their their riff is, please don't use those stairs. <laughs> oh, what about when the, he's trying to force his skull out of his face all the time? Yeah, the yes, time. <laughs> oh, oh, skull's out. about to get out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Or that that dork engineer that looks like David Koresh. <laughs> you know, when they just dump him off the... They just dump him over the rail. He jumps! <laughs> he jumps. In fact, that was one of the jokes. Like, two guys get, like, thrown in an explosion. Well, they paid for the catapult. They're going to use it. 
Yep. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, how about you walk into the deep freeze? It's just people in their underwear. Yeah. In plastic. Yeah. Being like, watched what? over by Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm telling you, I get why this movie was so good to rip because it's just awful. There's just too much. Yeah, I, I'm like, dude, if you really wanted to, these guys could have been ripping this every second. It, I think you had to pick and choose is the challenge and the art of it, where you just let some of this stuff go by. Oh. Yeah. Or the, uh, oh, what was it? The part where they're all like agreeing they're going to go with David to save the day. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's better for you to stay here. Oh, what about the bar scene? Oh, my gosh. Here's your martinis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go hit on your daughter. And I use quotations here again. <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay, this is a rip. When they had, um, oh, what was her name? Laura, the main lead. She was being tortured with a giant <laughs> light up straw <laughs> that made a drill sound. Yeah. Then afterwards, she convinces the guy to let her out, and he, the rip is when oh. he takes off his, his jumpsuit. Oh. You're like, no, no, oh, no, no, please, no, no, no. Get ready no. to see a sunken chest. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'm watching it, but they're activating the drill, and he's like, he's like, I feel nothing. Well, clearly she doesn't feel anything either, because she's not reacting at all. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how this is a it's like a old instrument of dentists. You mean a drill? Like what it sounds like? Because somehow your laser sounds like a drill? An old, huh? It's an old thing from ancient dental history. I don't expect you to know that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, why would you? <laughs> Who would? Yeah. Also, apparently ancient dental history. Yes, because I also know about ancient pottery from Rome. No one knows that except ancient Roman pottery experts. So apparently no one should know this except ancient dental we've we've experts. also decided that the most effective method of torture in the future is laser drilling teeth <laughs> yes this is going to be extremely painful on your teeth so i sent you guys a photo i've been I trying to think of who i've been trying to leave. yes i've been trying to think of who the the commander and and um thigh master's dad is um uh-huh and I figured it out. It reminds me of the Gorgon from And the Children Shall Lead crossed with old Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think if you slam those two together, <laughs> I get the leader of this ship. <laughs> I, get, I get homeless Santa. Okay. <laughs> if any of you are wondering who I'm talking about from Star Trek, it's the episode The Children Shall Lead. It's a season three episode. It's terrible. It's probably worse than Spock's brain. Wow, that's saying something. But he's the main villain. And it also works because the guy who plays him was not an actor, but a lawyer who was a friend of the showrunner who decided to let him try to act for an episode. Okay, that, I, oh, oh that, that brings up something. That reminds me of something. Bring Mork down. What's People, that? 
before the show, they started showing the movie, remember? They're yelling about, I need Mark downhill. And what do they do? They He teleports Mike. more. Ma, sorry, Mike. Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah, they teleport him out of the ship. No, but they, who did they first teleport? They teleported a Mike down. Oh, yeah, from now, a CPA convention. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what? Because <laughs> brain guy didn't have his brain with him. Yep. So you get CPA suddenly they're talking. What? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it's great. Oh, what about the? Oh, if we're talking about that, how about all the railings? Oh, all the railings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's another railing death. <laughs> oh, so then you have the. Escape pods that they crash into the sh- into the satellite. Yeah, we had escape pods. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, we did. <laughs> I have come to realize that whether he knew he did it or not, uh, Matt Groening stole Bender from Crow T Robot. Uh, why do you think that? I'm um, all I can hear when I see Crow, when I see him on in that little you know skit. Uh, that he's doing there, like I'm a Valerian. It to me, I'm just hearing Bender with a less gravelly voice the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could have. It's not impossible. I think it's a subconscious channel. Uh, I'm not going to say that, but it's not impossible. I guess um, I'm willing to play fast and loose with assumptions and believe I know everything. That's my <laughs> goal. There we go. Who cares about journalistic integrity? I'm not a journalist. Then I'm just you're an the idiot same with as a, a microphone in my room. Then you're the same as a literary professor, I guess. So anyway, uh, a couple other ones that I thought were funny. Uh, when Calgon walks into a room, pushes a guy out of the way. Stupid freshman. <laughs> yep. oh, Calgon, oh, do you have cows encroaching on your property? You need to spray it with Calgon. <laughs> and all of the screams that Reb Brown does. <laughs> and the scene where he's like doing the Michael Jackson. Oh, oh, yeah. it's like he went or- to the Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger school of acting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how about all these guys have to do is stop and aim? Yeah. <laughs> or when he's getting shot at, come on, knock it off. <laughs> How convenient is it that the bad guys planning a mutiny distinguish themselves with their bright red uniforms? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all the enforcers because the ones who are not going with them have all been deep frozen or pumped up by air pressure. <laughs> oh my god, yes. That's the least believable stabbing scene I've ever, ever um, <laughs> seen. It doesn't even look like he's working at all to stab this man through the stomach. With what looks like an air pump, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like, what this makes? Oh. Uh. Well, it, it doesn't help that, again, all this acting is worse than a high school play. So, for that chase scene at the end, well, I suppose any of them, but especially the last enforcer chase scene, they're wearing helmets. <clears throat> Why? I mean,. <laughs> What, to, to make you believe there's danger and that they're moving faster than I, yeah, six miles an I hour. guess because it it looks like again they're just they could be driving in golf carts and 
That would be more dangerous, actually. Well, if we're bringing up helmets, I gotta bring up another one. Ah, uh, what's that? <clears throat> After she manages to escape, and they he comes to the rescue, <clears throat> they are running back through. They put masks on for five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> gotta hide themselves, right? <laughs> yes, they put masks on to then immediately kick and kill two guards and immediately take the masks off. And then take off. the masks off. And somehow because those masks fit both of them when not, or, or, or the uniforms. As well as the uniforms. Those uniforms were butter because, again, the one guy was wearing a tight-fitting uniform for a skinny guy and then hulk, hulk, yep. hunk beef <laughs> McSlab a lot and suddenly fits into it perfectly. I have to uh, rip the actual movie here. And, oh, go for and it. And this is actually probably the post-production crew. Sissy Cameron gets a credit as introducing Sissy Cameron in 1988. And she began acting in 1971. We're not introducing her. She's an established B actress who's terrible. You're not introducing her. <laughs> We're introducing her in this film. So, nah. you know, I got I got a rip on the the film. So big explosion, and Calgon's still alive. And you just end the film with him opening up. up his eyes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean that's a rip. That's a pick rip riff when they're like oh okay he's alive he's alive open up the eyes open up the eyes but it's like wait he blew up and was caught in a fire and he looks like at worst he just put out a fire and got smoke all over him well don't forget you also took out an entire apparently entire hangar bay by taking out two pumps yeah, yeah, but in reality, it was a high-speed crash between a motorized floor sweeper and a bumper car that probably had a propane tank in it, so the gas fire explosion was superficial and led to flashbacks. <laughs> I would be more surprised if he didn't survive that horrific head-on <laughs> bumper car <laughs> Scott, you're not thinking fourth-dimensionally. You have to pretend that this was a giant nuclear-style explosion <laughs> yes, from yes. two very high-speed chasers like i did when that block of cheese with golf tees stuck in it turned into a bomb <laughs> yes yes uh also i i gotta love how it's like ah yes this space shuttle has tons of explosives on it yeah no one keeps track of yeah and they need a lot of explosives because um i don't know apparently not because again two of it took our entire hangar bay so I think all you need is like one of them apparently and you'll be fine why is the best hope for humanity to find a new home so non-protected and so incapable of protecting itself that some space pirates can come take it out how about this apparently there's space pirates out there Okay, that means they have to have a home base somewhere, right? Why don't you just take over their base? Or here's one. What's the point of the Balerians? <laughs> I mean, there really, is, what's the point? There is none. Also, uh, I love how intergalactic laws are thing in this. 
What law? Yeah. There's no um, way to thought. That You're would require some kind of an alliance. Um, you guys are looking for a new world. What? I mean, yeah, yeah what alliance? Like, <laughs> yeah. All, what, what, what constitution are you referring to? The intergalactic yeah, really. constitution of the earth and the moon. Um, <laughs> that is not in that's intragalactic. <laughs> yeah. Also, you're yeah, outside of their influence. So I, don't think you have any I mean, what you're looking I mean, I, you're looking for a new home for the planet earth and one planet in the andromeda <laughs> galaxy <laughs> i mean that doesn't really qualify as a major alliance it's also, also the worst acted scene i've ever seen in my life seen and seen that i've ever watched in my life when they're arguing uh, amongst the enforcers, and he's like, it is a violation of intergalactic law, and I will report it. I will report it. I will report it. I mean, I just acted that scene better. Yeah. Than that guy. Yeah. Yep. With more emotion? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just can't get over that, because that was just the thing which made my brain just go, what? Wait, what? <laughs> What? Did someone suddenly think we're watching The Expanse or something? Yeah, also, it's like... Star Trek? Into... The, you, what? There's no federation or alliance. What law are you talking about? Yeah, and which law are you talking about that has authority over you? And you're suddenly complaining that space pirates are breaking the law. No, duh. Yeah, really? <laughs> Pirates committing piracy is illegal? Ooh. What? That's I would have never thought of it. That's a new one. Also, apparently, they're the most worthless pirates on the planet in the universe. They get because, blown up easy. Yeah. Surrender. You, we are you. And then immediately get defeated. It's like, wow. You were pointless. Thanks. We are the worthless pirates. Led by Captain Cartman. <laughs> so, um, I think I want to take, you know, before we raid this, I want to take it to the final. This is going to be picks. Your top three, if you can remember it, favorite names for David Ryder. Uh, Beefcake. Okay, I'm going to go with mine because I've seen this movie before and I remember it. One of them is Punch Rock Groin. Big McLarge, huge, thick McRun fast. Ah, uh, your second one's one of mine. The other one uh, was uh, Beefcake McLarge, and then ah, uh, uh, hairy chest. I'll one. give you split McChest hair. Yes, split that's it. chest hair. That's it. Split chest hair. It's like oh, thick McRun fast had me had me cracking up. Or is it thick McRun slow? <laughs> thick, thick me. <laughs> Well, he does run slow, that's for sure. Punch, rock groin. Squat, or what, what is that? Um, slab, squat thrust. <laughs> so many. That's the Split best. Chest hair. It never ends. It just keeps going. That's the best part. We put our chip, we put our faith in you. Uh, what is it? Brick hard cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Old Spice McX body spray. <laughs> Um, Not a real one, obviously. <laughs> Bob Johnson. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, slab oh. bone meal. <laughs> uh, squat McThrust or something. 
So you, I said that one slab squat thrust. Yes. Oh, oh. I can't even remember anymore. Um, they're, they're so, see. They, they might be hard to remember, but they're so good when they, they say them in the actual movie, though. It was done just enough, too, to be a gig that was slightly overdone by the end, but still hilariously funny because you knew they were, you were killing the bit, but you did it to the perfect level of killing the bit while it's still funny without killing yeah. the bit where people's like, enough already. Yeah, it hit that well, point. because they spaced it out. Yes, but that's if they'd done thing. it all at once, but if they'd done many more, it would have been, it would have gone over, but many, just a few less, and it would have, again, been bad. Okay, was, here we go. I think here just we go. the right amount. Here we go, I got him. Slab, slab, bulkhead, fridge, large meat, punt, speed chunk, butch, deadlift, bold, big flank, splint, chest hair. Flint Iron Stag, Bolt Vanderhuge, Thick McRunfast, Blast Hard G's, Buff Drink Lots, Trunk Slam Chest, Fixed Fist Rock Bone, Stump Beef Knob, Smash Lamp Jaw, Punch Rock Groin, Buck Plank Chest, Stump Chunk Men, Dirk Hard Peck, Rip Steak Face, Slate Slab Rock, Crud Bone Meal, Brick hard meat, rip slag cheek, punch side iron, gristle McThorn body, slate fist crunch, buff hard back, Bob Johnson, oh wait, blast thick neck, crunch butt steak, slab squat thrust, lump beef broth, touch rust rod, reef blast body, big McLarge huge, smoke man muscle, eat punch beef. Hack blow, <laughs> roll fizzle beef, <laughs> and the last one was when he jumped out of the. He was charging at Calgon, going. Aah! Well, I'm glad I got that out of me. Roll fizzle beef. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds it like. Yeah, it sounds so many when you just read them off all at once. It's like that's way too much. But, but they did two or three at a time, and then let it rest for a minute. So it was like. When they kicked it back into gear, you're like, <laughs> they, you, they paced it well. You're hearing that, Disney? The key is to let it rest for a bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, nah, it's the mouse. They're, they're going to milk that cow until its udders are bleeding and dead. Sorry, Obi-Wan. So, yeah. so uh, I guess with that in mind... Uh, the way we're going to rate this is we're going to rate the movie and the riff. So how many laughs for the riff and how many space bumper cars for the film? So l l let's start with the film itself. How many space bumper cars do you give this? Oh, I give this film one. Because? It sucks. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. It, the, the plot is terrible. It's recycling a whole bunch of assets. It's Terrible acting. Score sucks. It, it's shot terribly. It's paced terribly. And it doesn't work. If I was not watching this with Mystery Science Theater, I would have fallen asleep in this film. Or turned it off. Oh, for sure. I get that. Um, 
I give this film a hard zero. This film was trying to be something good, and it's it's terrible. Um, there, there's not a thing this film does right. There's not one role that's well acted. Um, the cinematography is terrible. The writing's terrible. The direction is terrible. Um, the prop work is terrible. The editing's terrible. The post production is terrible. The sound is terrible. There's, I mean, in Star Crash, there's like two people who are trying to save the movie David Hasselhoff and the dude who plays the Emperor. So at least there's two people attempting to save the movie. There's not one person acting in this state. I mean, it's all like the Liberty Liberty guy from the uh, uh, Liberty Mutual commercial, except it's not a bit. These guys are just, it's, it's like they just, hey, want to be in a movie? Um, it's, I mean, it's really bad when you forget that a character has died and then put them in the next scene on the bridge. Um, whether that's yeah. on editing, look, that might have been edited in out of sequence and on the script, it might have been in sequence that she's, you know, on that bridge scene comes first, then she leaves the bridge and dies. But either way, it's a failure. It's complete. The movie itself, we have something worse than Star Crash. I didn't think it was possible, but this movie is worse than Star Crash. It's worse than Progeny. It's not more offensive than Progeny, but it's far worse. I, I. I think that I could get together six people and get them completely drunk to the point that they don't remember their name and tell them to start writing down a script and film it that night and come up with something better on our iPhones than this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I give this a three or four merely because of the laugh. It's, it's that bad. It's good. Um, and the laughs and the stupidity, and I just love... I get my willies off of hearing Red Brown scream while he's shooting something. Also, let, let's just let the sickies know, which if they've listened at all, they already know this, but let's just let them know again, you like terrible C movies. Oh, oh, I love the... When B movies are trying to be serious and they flop, I love it. I love uh, it. I, I said why. C. Because now, granted, you, you like uh, movies that are worse than these. Let's be well, honest. Well, yeah, I like both. But granted, I gave it a three or four. Velocipaster is, is better in all regards than this film. Well, yes. for sure, for sure. Yes. But the thing about Velocipaster is they knew what they were making. And so they kind of went overboard. This, I truly believe they thought they were making something good. Or at least we're trying. The effects and the props were better, and it included a man in an inflatable Tyrannosaurus suit pretending and, to be a raptor. Again, they knew what they were doing with Velocipaster. This is not that. So, yeah. Um, so I give it a three or four just because the so bad it's good quotient. Now, so that that's how many space bumper cars I give it. How many laughs for the riff? Um, how many laughs for the MS3K version? I'm giving it a ten. Because it comes down to this. Aside from they let the gag with the names, they didn't beat it to death. They let it rest. They were original with the names. But it really just comes down to it was so funny it hurt. That's, that's it. But aside from the gag, it was just so funny it hurt. All right. I will give it also a 10. I, I, I loved it. It's hilarious, and I was able to watch a movie that was atrocious, 
terrible and were un- unwatchable without them ripping on it and make it through the entire film without a problem. That's how a lot of these work with them. If you took out the riff, you probably wouldn't be able to tolerate the movie. Oh, absolutely. But again, I have to give it a 10 for that reason that I'm laughing through the whole thing. I'm going to be controversial here with this rating. Um, Not a shock. That's why it's in the month intro. I'm going to give it a six and a half. It has good moments. It really does. Um, It starts slow, and then it has a string of moments in in the back half of the movie that are very, very funny and have me laughing from the riffing. Um, but it falls flat in other areas and their own original content stuff that's going on in between acts of the film was a complete bomb for me. I don't think I laughed at any of it. Um, it just, so that to me takes it away. And if I evaluate what I just saw, I've got to look at it from all aspects of what they're trying to do there. And the fact that the original, the riffing that went on within it was pretty good. Um, and, and if I was just judging on the riffing, I'd probably give it like an eight. And that would only be because it started slow and finished strong. And it's hard to riff on something and rip on it and be good for the, for the entire time you're doing that. Um, but the fact of the matter to me is, is that it's the good riffing is, is offset and lowered by the fact that I found nothing at all funny or entertaining in the, in the, um, intermissions that they did. Which is the key, probably, is, is a big part of making something like MS3K strong. Um, and and uh, it's controversial, because this is one of the highest rated episodes of MS3K ever. And I'm saying I give it a six and a half, because I felt that a big portion of what I watched didn't land with me. That's not a shock at all. This is what you do. Um, but I think most people, when they evaluate this show, they don't do it based on the uh, skits in between. Um, I think most people only remember the riffing because the guys who did this are now online. They call themselves riff tracks. Uh, and that's all they do. They don't do any interim skits. Okay, well, they look, they pretty much going... learned what works. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Um, now, you said that it's, it's good because they can do this the whole time. Uh, I saw an interview with them and they said that they do riff on modern movies it's how i saw the first twilight movie but those are difficult because they're so long and it takes such a much longer time to sit down watch it think of good riffs and script it uh with the length whereas these films are what an hour hour and a half that doesn't take as much time so um but nonetheless i mean even despite Scott's rating, which is always upside down, devil's advocate strike. Not always. Um, someone, someone, take the time and do a study on that, and see how many times I'm really out of whack with the rest of the the crew. Well, nonetheless, Scott, Scott's misgivings. Hey, hey I'm just demanding. going to say this, Mark. Be careful with this because you've given some way out of the box ratings. Yeah, not as many as Scott, though. Well, today, I'm not as. What's that? You gave the movie a three or a four. Hey, okay, fine. I'll take that. But <laughs> the point is, uh, maybe the riffs helped me see it better as being bad. I don't know. But- I filmed my dog eating its own crap in the backyard yesterday. No, I didn't. But if I did, it would be a better movie than this. 
you almost had me there for a minute but <laughs> um but so nonetheless sickies this is definitely whether it's rated two or three favorite definitely worth a look definitely worth a listen uh even with scott's not as high rating he would still recommend this i would grant probably that Oh, would yeah, you yeah, recommend yeah. Oh, yeah. Six yes, and a half. Oh, yeah. Listen, not everything can be a 10. A five, to me, a five is an average film. So I'm telling right. you, this, so is, this a, is above average. It's this a couple above ticks average. above average. Yeah. And it's, it's in the same way that Scott would not consider the um, uh, next gen episode, Best of Both Worlds, uh, one of his top, but definitely worth a watch. No, you're wrong on that. I made Best of Both oh, Worlds. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. What was it? Then what was it? Tapestry? No, no. Tapestry. no um, the inner light. The inner light. That's the one that it's a everyone great episode. Recommends. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my favorite episode. Yeah. So if if you were to if you were to expand his list, inner light would make it. Like the number. I mean, you know. Eventually, instead of top five, top ten, the inner it, light would make. It comes it down there. to if I give a whole ton of nines and tens, then I'm cheapening every nine and ten that I give, and it doesn't mean anything either. Now I'm getting way too introspective and meta with my own rating system, but to have some well, sort of is. artistic integrity, then I have to not, well, I have to realize that not everything can be a nine or a 10. I well, mean, well I mean, can respect that. I can you know respect what? that. The more important question, hmm. what did the sickies think of it? That's true. The sickies could let us know either at our discord or www. ParamountPackLotAuctions.com No, RavingLunaticMedia.com <laughs> RavingLunaticMedia.com RavingLunaticMedia.com Ragemaster And you can also check out the other shows on Raving Lunatic Media. We have the Casatorium. The last one they did was the Identity of the Isdal Woman, which is a mysterious woman who was found dead in Norway with 50 sleeping pills and burnt alive and it was ruled as accidental and or suicide. <laughs> accidentally listen to the yeah Obviously. just listen to the episode listen to the episode it's still it, it explains it as best as they can uh you also have of course the cold cases you have that you'll have uh case of the chills and case closed is going to be coming back uh again no time soon or no time flat uh <laughs> no time yeah, i know soon. right i just heard that i just caught myself <laughs> The, at some point, they'll also continue the case RPG, which is a lot of fun. And of course, Zodiac Task Force. Look out for a new episode coming next week. And it just keeps better and better. It keeps getting better and better, Sicky. So tune in for that. Um, and yeah, of course, truly you can check us out at our website. Truly coming no time soon. Episode two of America Asunder. Actually, Rage it would be episode three, wouldn't it? No, I did episode zero and episode one. Oh, okay. Anyway. Rage Master! What's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. Hey, you guys. It's me, Ruckstar. Don't mean to butt in here at the end of your episode, but guess what? I have a music career, and it's starting out pretty strong. Coming this summer, The Raving Lunatic will be available, and it'll have such hits as... Oh, you thought I was going to tell you all the hits? No, 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 no. But you will get to hear one of the songs right about now. Hey! Hey! 
Scott Thomas Rage said I had to make a part two. Rage in the system, call me MJ. Got the flu, space jams heating up. Think my name was R2. Mostly Zadie's movies trying to show all the D. What? You thought I was just gonna let you listen for free? No! Check it out. It's coming this summer. The Raving Lunatic. Matt Rockstar. Don't forget it. Or forget it. I'll keep reminding you. Love you sickies. Stay sick.